the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Who is God the Father? You know, depending on who you ask, you'll get several different answers. Let's take a look at God's Word and see what He says, shall we? Truth for Today, up next. is God the Father? Again, as I mentioned a moment ago, depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer. Ask a hundred people, you'll get a hundred different answers. But God has an answer himself. It's found in the Bible. And that's what we'll do today. Go straight to his word to find out who the Father is. Message is called Meet Your Father from our series, Meet Your God. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I don't care what churches say, I believe the Bible. You were chosen whether you like it or not. We like to boast, well, I'm a free moral agent. Mm, Let's discuss that. How free? Free to do what? Well, I'm free. I, I could reject, I could accept. Okay. Is man born in sin? Is man's will uh, to do the will of God or the will of his father, the devil? John 8. You will do the will of your father, the devil. He's a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and his will you will be doing. Let me tell you about your will. You're as free as a bird in a cage with the door locked. You can do anything in the cage you want, but you don't know how to unlock the door. So just make those swoops all day. And the little parakeet says, oh, I'm free. Yeah, and about two feet of uh, cage. If they're really a gracious uh, captor, you got four feet. Free, free. You dummy. Born free is about a lion, not a parakeet. You've never been out there in the jungle. You've been on a leash. You've been in a cage, and you go to that zoo. You know, I get depressed when I go to zoos. That lion was made to go and eat and eat one of the deer in the next section. You know, it was made to attack the rhino, and he's over here segregated in the lion department. He's not free. He's a captive. And some little 180-pound guy can just go out and poop in the dark. He's out. Can't help himself. You've got to know that man left to himself, he can choose all the wrong stuff, but he doesn't know how to find the right way unaided. He's got to have help. And we're all just as mad as we can be because God helps folks that we don't want him to help. Or he does stuff the way we wouldn't do it. He said, I have chosen for myself some out of a fallen race, and I've predestined them in love, to become adopted as sons. And this is all, what's your motive, God? This is all to the glory of my grace. You're in the family because God the Father, before the Milky Way, wanted you. 
I think uh, you ought to be able to sleep on that. Uh, God the Father justifies us. We have read the Romans 3 passage. That is, God has put you in the right. You're in the right from God's point of view. So marvelous. He anointed us with the Spirit in 2 Corinthians 1.21. He keeps us saved. I I don't want to run to all these verses because we'll be there all night. Uh, John 10.29, Romans 8. He adopted us as his children through a new birth. We're in the family through a divine birth. I love the uh, first John that we have his seed in us. That's pretty, pretty strong. First John 3. Uh, you know, I've been having this running debate on us being saints or sinners. I think I finally got it figured out. Uh, I knew you were waiting, and so I'll share it with you. Uh, Look at Paul, um, oh, verse 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed, as God the Father, remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. God's seed is in you. Is that remarkable? Now, just, just kind of hold your hand there. And I just, this way you do it. You just kind of like that. And then just turn over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through, and if Rich was here, our epigenosco, our experiential knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness, Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Some way, I'm sharing in the divine nature. In what aspect? Eternal life. God has shared his life with me. I've become uh, an heir of eternal kind of life. Through believing his promises, becoming born again, So God's life is in me. How is a man's life passed on? Through his seed. And in that seed is the genetic code so that we have every right to say, you know what, you're looking like your father. That's beautiful. Until they're a teenager, then they're acting like him. And say, woo, we know where to trace the problem. It's back to the seed. Women contribute to depravity too. But you know what I'm saying. The seed. So in God's born-again children, he has passed on his life, a divine nature. You don't become deity, but you share in one aspect of God, which is eternal life. And he says, you cannot keep acting this way in sin, ongoing. It's contrary to the seed I passed on. I've given you a brand new nature. Now, Here's something I learned. I think I just got to figure it out. We had this debate before. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are a sinner? Okay. And that's the way I would have answered until I was illumined. How many of you are saints? Well, man, you're a bunch of sinning saints, in other words. 
uh, did you know the word sinner is never used of a born-again child of God? Once they put faith in Christ, they are never called a sinner again. When Paul said, I am the chief of sinners, he's talking about before he was saved, but I received mercy or grace from God, and from now on you can call me a saint. It's this way. We're no longer sinners, we're just saints that can sin. Our status before God is, you are a saint. And you don't have to die, and we don't have to have 300 years of church history, and then say, you're a saint. No, you're a saint while you're alive, right now. And that means you've been set apart. He writes his letters to the saints. And so you really ought to think of yourself, I'm no longer a sinner in God's sight. I'm a saint. I'm a set apart one. Now John says, I can sin, but it's not my nature. It's my exception. Sinning for saints is an exception, not a pattern. I mean, but, but listen, don't you hear people say this all the time? Well, you know, I sin every day, don't we all? Boy, what a goal. <laughs> Which one do you do? Well, you know, I steal something every day not to lose my skills. <laughs> you know, I, I cuss a little bit every day. I want to keep up. You know, I'm going to have a rapport with the unsaved. Wait, wait. You weren't saved to keep sinning. Now, am I making this up or is John wrong? John says you don't continue in sin. Why? Because you went to a victorious, super-duper overcoming conference and you got the notebook under your arm? No, you got the seed in you. And if you don't have the seed, we know why you're sinning all the time. You don't know him. Now, some of you don't like that. You say, that's legalism. No, it's Bible. It's First John. And look at all the tenses if you want. Don't tell me the tense. I know the tenses. And don't come up and ask me, do you sin? Talk to my wife. She'll answer. I keep her in the children's department during these sermons. Yeah, we all sin. But that's... Now, let me ask you this. You say that. Well, we all sin. Let's say uh, you're besetting sins cussing. Okay. So, does that mean, well, yeah, we all sin, and I just cuss, and, you know, I just got to cuss every day. It's one of my, I fall down there, but every day. Uh, how many of you cussed after you got saved? And some of you say, what do you mean? I never stopped. You've got problems. How many, every, well, that's too, that's too, no, I mean, I'd expose you. You all probably talk bad. If you grew up where I did, you talk bad. Man, I was good at it in the third grade. Then I get saved. And well, I remember going to Walter T. Helms, and I cussed a guy out at the gate. I just got saved, though, in the summer. School just started. I just cussed him a little bit. He's a good buddy, so I wanted to show him I liked him. I cussed him. You know, that's where you knew you were in good standing. Not everybody lets you talk about their mama and get away with it. So I cussed him. Boy, like that, the Spirit of God is grieved, and something's going off in me, and... What's this? I've never experienced this before. Well, I've been with the saints all summer. I've been in church all summer. This is the first time I was back with the hoods. And so Lord says, you're wrong. You're wrong. You've got to go apologize to God. God, you don't know. He'll make fun. <laughs> he doesn't understand I'm a born-again believer. He's used to being cussed. I go to the guy. Hey, man, I'm sorry for 
calling you all those names. You know I love you. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's buzzed out laughing. Hey, babe, don't make fun. <laughs> and he said, well, why are you apologizing? You never apologize. And this is a hard, I don't even know if I had the courage. I like to tell an old story because you can make it up. I'm not sure what I told him. I'm not sure I had the guts to have saved. I'm not sure. But I want to tell you, you keep, you, you do that stuff about five times in a row and you've got to go back. I, I used to always fight. Ask Thomas, we grew up saying, always fight in the PE especially. Guy's always pushing you over, knocking over your partner. And it wasn't necessarily I won all the time, but you bit somebody. You just hit them. Do something. Because if Walter T. Helms, you're going to be a miserable person if you don't bite a kneecap or carry something to hit back. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, we, you fought or you didn't make it. And I remember I had a hot head in sports. And I would just, we'd be playing ball, we'd get in it. I, I was a loving person until sports. Boom. And Don Cena, I always got mad at him. He bugged me. He wasn't, he's pretty good at basketball, but he just had one of those temperaments that drove me wild. And, and he was this boy that went to the Catholic church. He didn't even go to our church. And I'd get mad at P.E. I'd hit him third period, but we always walked home together to Leroy Heights. And so every day, my walking partner, every day, he'd come hold his mouth. <laughs> what is it, Don? He said, it's your temper. I said, well, I told you I'm sorry. He said, well, tell it to heal. <laughs> and so I, I went through that. I hit him. I don't know how many different times. He wasn't a fighter. He was a nice guy. I was a terrible guy as a believer. I said, pray for me, Don. I'm trying to overcome my temper. He said, well, I hope you get it together. <laughs> Did you think I had any credibility? Man, I lost all kinds. Now, does that mean I still go around hitting on people? Well, you know, I just sin a little every day. Boom. Let's cuss a little. Friend, that starts with Christ. The spirit in you is pruning all this stuff away. Cutting it back. Cutting it back. Cutting it back. Until we start seeing Christ emerging. And why is it I've got my father's seed in me? That's why you think, some of you think I've gone zonkers telling all these people that think they're saved and I'm telling them they're lost. You think, oh, you've switched on us. No, I just got biblical. You can't have the seed in you and live like a hog. You can't have the same morals, the same walk, the same this, but God, you're taking me to heaven. Friend, this seed, we fail, we sin, and we've got to confess it. And he's breaking these patterns. But his seed brings a new nature, a new process, a new disposition. Well, the Father forgives us. He's faithful and righteous. I think of Hebrews. It's the Father that gives all the spankings. And he says, my dear son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. My Father, he disciplines all of us to act like his sons. And... uh, All that you're going through, he's training you. Discipline is not an evil term. It's a shaping term. He he doesn't discipline those he's mad at. He disciplines all of us. He's teaching us to partake of his holiness in our behavior. Well, Philippians 1, 6, it's the Father who has begun the good work in us, and it's he who will complete it. 
I, I want to uh, conclude with this. Uh, I think it's beautiful that in Luke 15, you have God the Son describing God the Father in the story of two sons. A prodigal son that goes away and wastes his life in selfish living. And a prodigal son who did everything right, but was a thousand miles from the father's heart. You see, all of you folks that grew up in church, you're the son that stayed at home usually. Self-righteous, mad as everything that you haven't got to do as much sin as some of these testimonies. And you're a little mad that God hasn't thrown a party for you. And what God the Son is trying to say, let me tell you what my father's like. He loves two sons and both of them are jerks. One wishes he were dead when he asks for the inheritance and he squanders it. He has no love for the father as long as he could spend the father's money. The father only looks good when he's broke. No kind of love. And you got a son staying home that does not have the father's heart. He doesn't enter into what makes the father happy. Throwing a party for a prodigal coming home. And of course, in the story, it was the religionists of the day, the Pharisees, who were the elder brother that stayed home. And Jesus is saying, you Pharisees claim to know the father and you don't have his heart. You're living within a close spatial contact, but you're a thousand miles away from what really makes him happy. What makes him happy is when sinners come home. And the prodigal, Father, I won't love you until I come to the end of myself. As long as there's another woman to sleep with, as long as I've got enough money to buy another uh, round of drinks, as long as I can still party and make it without you, you'll never see me. And Jesus said, let me tell you about a father's heart. He's disappointed that the elder brother doesn't get happy over what makes him happy. He's too self-righteous to enjoy God loving sinners. The prodigal son, you wretched self-sinner profligate. You're worthless, but I'll stand at the portals and wait for you to come back. I'm old enough to have grown up with some great songs. We don't sing them here because they're too old. But I grew up with a song talking about the Father. Just just hear this. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See, and this song ought to be, it ought to be the Father. We've got Jesus, but it was the Father in the story. See on the portals, the Father is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. And then they would sing it. Whoever sang it in this building, come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Home is where there's a Father, earnestly, tenderly. The Father is calling. They make it Jesus, but it's the Father. Calling, O sinner, come home. I had another song here. It just takes me back to these songs when I used to hear the Father just calling me. Come, come, take me back. I want to come back. Oh, this song I 
as an unsaved boy, I could make it on Sundays if they didn't sing this. I've wandered far away from God, now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod, Lord, I'm coming home. Never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love, Lord, I'm coming home. I've wasted many precious years. Have any of you done that? Now I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. I'm tired of sin and straying, Lord. Now I'm coming home. I'll trust thy love, believe thy word, Lord. I'm coming home. My soul is sick, my heart is sore. Now I'm coming home. My strength renew, my hope restore. Lord, I'm coming home, coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love. Lord, I'm coming home. One of the great tragedies of divorce is that children never know where home is anymore. When my dear wife lost her mom and dad in divorce, we always went to the Howards for Christmas because my mom and dad were still together. And she didn't want to be caught into this, who do I go with, my dad and the stepwoman, my mom, or whoever she's with. All that holiday season was lost for her because they lost a home. I want to say to you, God is called our Father. And he's always at home. And he says to his sons and his daughters, come home. It's always safe here. I, I know when us kids all growing up in this area, we never got tired of going home. After we were married, we'd look up the old dad and the little short, fat, precious mama. I say that respectfully. I'm just telling you the truth. Built low to the ground and cook and fight for her husband and her kids. She was just a farm girl that all she had was kids. She didn't have a career. She had a family. There's nothing like going home. And God has called himself to us, our father. And some of you have never had a father in this life. You respected, that you could love, that you can have a relationship with. But I want to tell you, there's one in the heavens you can have a relationship with. And you can know him and love him. And going to heaven isn't going to a new location. That's not what's attractive about heaven. It's going to a home. A permanent home with a permanent father and a permanent elder brother in Jesus forever. I would say to you, if you're not home tonight, why don't you come home? There's nothing like it. Knowing you loved, I always felt safe at home. No abusive hands there. Simple menu. As three boys shared a room at one time, and my two sisters, there were nobody complaining about it. One tub, no shower, and seven people. We just liked home. And God has said to the human race, ever since I expelled you from the garden, you've been wondering. But I'd like to become your father. Come home. Come to me, and I'll give you the father you can never find in any human father, the father that you can spend eternity with. 
And once again, we've come to the end of our time together here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we lock things up for another day of broadcasting, we do so with a a way to contact us here at Truth For Today. If you have a question, a prayer request, comment, we would love to pray for you. If you have a praise report about how the program is encouraging you in Christ, we'd love to hear that as well. A couple of ways to reach out to us. The easiest, of course, our phone number, 855-833-9864, or our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, you have another way to reach out to us, and that is, especially if you have a question or a praise report, that you would like Pastor Phil to answer. Well, simply take your voice memo app on that smartphone of yours, record your question along with who you are and where you're calling from, and then email that bit of audio to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, the email address is tftquestions at valleybible.org. So email that to us. We'll run it by Pastor Phil, and should we use it on the radio, we'll even let you know when. And as always, you can again reach out to us at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. You can also write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you partner with us financially, bear in mind that we are able to continue this radio ministry through you doing just that, joining other friends and family members of this ministry to ensure that this program continues its ministry in the greater Bay Area. Please consider that as you reach out to us, and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.